Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome back to Make Believe Heroes. I am very excited to present to you the second and final part of the origin of Satsaris, Prince of the Nine Hells. If by some chance you have not yet listened to part one, I recommend that you go back and listen to that one first. But if you're ready for all of the answers concerning Saul and Misk's history in the Nine Hells, then buckle up. This is no fairy tale. This is a story about love, about loss, about family, and betrayal. I present to you part two of the origin of Satsaris, the only son of King Serastus and Queen Neftalia. Deep inside the fiery mountain, beneath the castle of King Serastus, there is a long, empty hallway. Both sides of this hall are lined with large steel doors of various colors. Upon every door is carved a prominent marking denoting the purpose of each room. In this hall, space operates strangely, breaking even the natural laws of the Nine Hells. Rows upon rows of doors, each marked with a large rune of power. And behind each door lies something horrible. Some hold wretched beasts crafted in the darkness for Serastus's army. Others hold secrets and scrolls, only accessible to the Lord of the Burning Circle. This Hall of Horrors is one of the king's most treasured secrets, for no enemy of the Kingdom of Flame has ever entered here and escaped with their lives or their minds intact. Sharp footsteps reverberate off of the obsidian walls as a deep blue-skinned devil makes haste through the hall. Shrieks and screams can be heard from far ahead as Zaka Zagana hurries forward, now almost at a run. Just as Zack slows his steps, a blood-red door angrily swings open, crashing into the stone wall. Prince Satsaris rushes out in a fury, slinging a long, bloody knife crashing down the hallway. Another peasant with nothing to tell me. Ah, oh, Satsaris, yes, I, uh, I was hoping to find you here. I have a, uh, a message that I think you're going to want. Find me here, peasant? I've been here for a century at this point. Really, Saul, there's no need to be so dramatic. Listen, uh, come with me. You best have the best bourbon. Please, now is not the time. I have some very important news to share with you. Please, anything but this. You know the mission that your sister is supposed to be going on today, the very important one, the decisive mission. 
Misk is in the freezing circle, I've heard. No, she's not. She is meant to go this night, but I just received word, or I should say, your men just received a message. She is not coming. What? King Serastus is awaiting her in the castle. They were to depart by some waystone within the castle. She can't come. The battle has turned sour, and she has to stay. <laughs> it's an opportunity. The one you've been looking for. Let's go. Let's use it. Saul and Zack take off, quickly making their way back through the Hall of Horrors, heading hastily upward toward the castle. Reaching the end of the hall, they take flight up through the tunnels inside the mountain, resurfacing in the alleys southeast of the castle. On the wing, they head straight for the castle gates. Lively landing outside the castle gates, they run past the crowd, making a beeline for the throne room. Rushing inside, Saul bursts through the large doors of the throne room. Inside, both King Serastus and Queen Nephtalia are seated in their thrones. They turn, surprised to see their son coming toward them in a huff. King Serastus, it is time. Misk is in danger. If it isn't our Inquisitor, High Inquisitor, isn't that what you've been calling yourself, Sitsaurus? Yes, your Chief Inquisitor. But we have a great need, Father. Misk is in danger. I need to go and help her. It is time for you to reinstate me as a general, and I will prove my worth today. What are you going on about, Setsaris? Your sister will be here soon, you know as well as I do. The prince hesitates for just a moment, considering his words carefully. I know that she is caught in battle, that the freezing circle has her greatly outnumbered and surrounded, and if my legion is not summoned, you'll lose your precious general. Satsaurus, your sister can handle herself, but... The king hesitates, and then, with a motion of his hand, summons the prince closer to speak privately. With caution, Satsaurus obliges. I know what you're doing, my child. We are both aware of the secret operation that she was to complete this night. Indeed. Saul grins wickedly. What do you suggest, my son? Father, you know well the king of the Drowning Circle is in the freezing on a negotiation. He is lightly armed. Misk was to be here long before now. Our window is closing. It's almost like she betrayed you. Why is she still there? Such a powerful general, such a leader of our legions. How come she can't turn away and leave it to some lieutenant? There she is, letting you down. It's my turn. Let me show you what I can do. <sighs> my son, gather your troops. I'll give you this chance. We could decide this war tonight. About time. Saul quickly turns on his heel and walks away. Once back outside of the throne room, Zack and Saul immediately set about gathering their legion. With scouts and guards placed all over the city, watching the perimeter of the Kingdom of Flame, it takes some time for new orders to be delivered and answered by Satsaris's legion. But just a few short hours later, 
Saul has returned to the castle, having armed himself fully decked in the darkest black armor. Now, surrounded by his colleagues, Marie is readying herself to activate the waystone that was prepared for Misk and her legion. Zack is stepping through, taking role, making sure that everyone is armed and prepared for the mission. Pacing back and forth nervously, Saul stops suddenly as the door opens and King Serastus steps inside. Now, with all of his legion watching him attentively, Prince Satsaris steps up to the gate and addresses the room. Devils of the Burning Circle, highest honor to be part of the legion of Satsaris. Tonight, we turn the tides of the Triumph of Devils. We step through this portal and we kill the King of the Drowning Circle. Forever, you will be remembered. Today, we become more than just peasants. Today, we become kings. Today, we become lords. Step forth. Draw your sword. Satsaurus draws his saber with a flourish, holding it aloft and alighting it with a blackened, unholy flame. His legion cheers, bloodthirsty and ready for victory. But just as he is about to give Marie the signal to activate the gate, he feels a tug on one of his wings and a sharp bite on his left hand. Glancing down, he sees one of his quasits hanging from his sleeve. With an unseen nod quickly, he permits Flicker to climb up and speak in his ear. As the room cheers and stamps about, Flicker speaks. Danger, my lord. Yes, danger in the castle. One of your scouts, Liv Lattie, she is missing. Only blood and ash. Saul feels a knot form in his stomach. Not safe. Not safe. Do not go. Saul raises both hands suddenly in the air, calling out to his legion. Hold your cheers, Marie. Zack. We must speak to Serastus. There's danger in the castle. King Serastus steps up from the doorway, addressing his son. What is the meaning of this? I have information that one of my scouts is dead within our own walls. Dead? Here? Yes, we need to look through the castle. You need to leave. No, 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 no. Serastus, you're wrong. We need to check. That's enough. The window is closing, Satsaurus. Sure. You asked for your chance. This is it. There is no threat to this castle. Our walls have never been breached. I dare any enemy to approach the castle of King Serastus. I guarantee you they would only live to regret it. Father, I'm, I'm telling you, Flecker would not have told me this if there wasn't a real threat. Foolish child, you put too much stock in these creatures. I'm telling you, Liv is not one who dies easily. I am telling you, Satsaurus, as your king commands, go now. Saul pauses for just a moment, looking up into the rage-filled eyes of his father. Then raising his sword aloft once more and alighting it with flame, Prince Satsaris runs full peel toward the gate with a piercing cry. To war!
large, fiery gate opens with a burst deep inside the freezing circle. Flying forward through the opening comes Prince Satsaurus, followed by the entirety of his legion. His lieutenants, Ilumari Jin and Zakazagana, flank to his sides. For a moment, the great hall into which they have just entered rings with the battle cry of Saul's legion. But as the prince looks about, his blood pumping hard in his ears in anticipation of battle, he quickly realizes that the room is empty, save for a long table crafted from solid ice and the chairs surrounding it. Not a soul is present. But this could not be. There were supposed to be many devils here, leading figures of the opposition. You peasants, where are they? This isn't right, Satsaurus. No kidding, Zack. A panic threatens to engulf Satsaurus. Maurice speaks. My lord, I smell a trap. We must leave immediately. Maurice, charge away, Stone. Something is not right. The two long walls of this room explode inward, sending deadly shards of ice towards Satsaurus and his legion. As the ice crashes all around the room, the table alights and immediately bursts outward with long, icy spikes, impaling many of them in place. Saul, Marie, and Zack narrowly escape the spiky trap as all around the room, more and more of these death traps are set off. Within mere moments, more than three quarters of Saul's legion is wiped out, leaving nothing but stains of blood and ash in their wake. The few remaining devils are in shock, preparing for the next explosion. That's when Queen Eli Dane appears at the end of the hall. Thank you for coming, Prince. Drawing two icy dirks from her side, she points them toward the trespassers. Now allow us to put out your flame. Icy assassins appear all around the room, the deadliest killers in all of the hells. Quickly, they set upon them all, slaying with ease. Zack, they know where we're coming. Circle up, Marie, hurry. Saul, Marie, and Zack circle in, back to back. But in spite of their best efforts, their wounds come hard and fast from the enemy. I'm doing the best that I can. Get them off of her. We have to get out of here. We're losing too many. Zack, come on, do something. Sasaurus, there's nothing that I can do. There are just too many. The battle rages around them. Quickly, Saul's legion is dispatched until cornered, now with little hope of escape. Only Saul, Marie, and Zack remain. The enemy draws in, Queen Eladane smirking as she approaches them, her dirks gripped in both hands. I hate to say it, Saul, but gods aren't looking great. I'm not sure we're going to make it out of this one. Today we die as burning circle devils. I'll see you in the pits. <laughs> I'll crawl out next to you. But before Saul has a chance to charge forward to his death, a pained, familiar voice speaks in his mind. Satsaurus, my lord. Live, live. They are here, my prince. Uh, the, the castle is breached. I am dying. I go to the pits, my lord. But your mother, Queen Neftalia, she was taken. It was the freezing. They have taken her to the drowning circle. They have her now. 
Zack. They've breached the castle and they have my mother. Let them burn. Out from Satsaurus comes a flame hotter than the fires beneath his volcanic home. A consuming flame engulfs him and his lieutenants, empowering them all. Staggering back, those freezing assassins closest to him are burnt away, leaving nothing but ash. And Queen Iladeng gets a hungry look in her eye. Without a sound, Saul raises his saber high above him, and flying forward, he unleashes his wrath upon them all. A small portal opens again in the war room in the castle of King Serastus. Falling through, beaten, bloodied, but still alive, come Saul, Zack, and Mari. Saul's hand finally unclenches, releasing his sword. It clatters to the ground, covered in the blood of his enemies. Shaking, he weakly pulls himself up to his feet. We, ha we have to... It's a mother... To mother's room. Tsutsaurus. Zack calls out, trying to stop him, but Saul cannot hear. He stumbles out the doorway, clumsily trying to find his way to his mother's room, holding on to hope, some hope that perhaps Liv was wrong. Stumbling, running, then tripping, falling again and again, Saul's body barely holding together, he finally reaches his mother's rooms. Two figures wait inside. One, his father, seated in a beautiful reading chair, his mother's favorite. Serastus is leaning forward, his elbows on his knees, and his large hands covering his face. Opposite from the doorway, beside his mother's large vanity, stands his sister, Misk. Her head is bowed forward, and she is holding a piece of parchment in her hands. <laughs> Where is she? What happened? The drowning circle broke in and took her on your watch. What do you mean? They took her? They took her. Serastus remains completely silent, as if he were the only one in the room. We will get, we have to get her back. We have, we have to rescue her. They left a note. Saul. <sighs> she flings the parchment harshly toward her brother on the floor. They said a fate worse than death. They wouldn't dare. Worse. You had one job, said Sars. You were supposed to watch the castle. What? I, I, Flicker warned me there was trouble. I... I you left. You left, I, and they took was, her because of I, you. No, I was gonna, I, I was gonna kill the king of the drowning circle. I, I went to father and warned him. Flicker told me, Flicker told me there was trouble. Misk stops, turning to her father. You knew he left. Misk, he 
told me to go. It was an order. Saul rises to his feet, drawing his saber and lighting it afire once more. Sir, you knew. You knew there was trouble here. You're the reason I wasn't here. Serastus sits with his back to both of his children, his wife's reading chair facing a large, ornate black mirror. In his hands, he is holding a small totem, a jade figure that he had given Neftalia some many, many eons past on the night that his first child was born. With an imperceptible movement, he tilts his head, looking down at the floor near Satsaris's feet. Is this the path you'll choose, boy? Death. You should have listened to me. Now mother's gone. You peasant. Saul, no. Overtaken by madness, Saul rushes his father. But in spite of Sarastus' apparent grief, he rises quickly, turning and grabbing Saul's sword by the blade as it rushes down toward him. He grows, amplifying in size, his wings spreading wide in full strength. With his other hand, he reaches forward in a flash, grabbing his son by the throat and lifting him from the floor. You dare raise your blade toward me? I will snuff out your flame. I will make every moment of your eternal existence nothing short of misery. I will get her back. Tearing the saber from Satsaris' grip, Serastus draws his own greatsword from his back, lighting it aflame, ready to plunge it down toward his son in a fury. Seeing what her father is about to do, Misk draws her sword in answer. Rushing forward, she brings her blade up to block his. Stop! That's my brother. You will not kill him. Serastus looks down, stunned by his daughter's actions. And you, Misk, both of my children, both raise your weapons against your own father, your king. You would kill your own son on a night like this? What kind of father are you? Drawing his sword back, he strikes his daughter across the face. Then releasing Saul, dropping him to the floor, he sheathes his greatsword, turns on a heel, and exits the room without a word. Misk spits onto the floor and wipes the blood from her lip, turning she reaches a hand down toward her brother. For a moment, Saul is hesitant, but then slowly he reaches up his arm, taking her hand in his. <coughs> Miss, we have to save mother. Thank you. Misk flinches at his words, knowing full well what has occurred this night. We'll get her back. Saul. Let's save her. Thank you. Miss, Miss comes. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to best you. I, I've tried every way. Thank you for helping me. You're my brother, Saul. There's... I thought you hated me. No. I've never hated you. <laughs> so harsh have you met our father (laughs) 
Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. Seeing the wounded state of Saul, Misk takes him over to the side, sitting him on their mother's bed. From the vanity, she pulls a cloth and begins wiping the blood from Saul's face. Saul, I... I'm sorry. I... I have not been a good sister to you. Sure you have. She winces again. (sighs) Kneeling before the bed, she grabs Saul's horns, pressing her own against his. I promise I'll make it up to you. You you can. By saving our, our mother. You have my word. Saul and Misk sit together in their mother's room for hours. They reminisce about years long past, playing in the castle, pranking the generals, their mother's love, and their father's wrath. Misk sits with her brother, crying, laughing, until he unwittingly succumbs to his exhaustion, falling asleep as he reclines on their mother's bed. Looking at her little brother as he sleeps, Beaten, wounded, covered in dried blood, she feels the bile rising in her throat. Rushing into her mother's lavatory, she wretches, sick to her core. Her mother had been taken. Eladane had played her for the fool, but it wasn't the assassin's fault. It was hers. She had conspired with her enemies to have her own brother Her own blood, ruined, destroyed. She had spent so many of these recent years hating him, resenting him, and then lording herself over him. But in truth, Saul was just like her, afraid and alone. But she was wrong. She had never been alone. Not really. Neftalia, her mother... No one had ever been so kind as she. Retching again, she was filled with fear, with disgust. Her mother had been taken, now awaiting a fate worse than death. And it was all her fault. But perhaps not all her fault. Just as her mother had been a constant source of kindness... So had her father been an unending source of misery. The only thing he had given her was shame, worthlessness, fear, and the same for Saul. This wretched war, why did it exist? Why had any of this happened? Because of King Serastus. Because of his craving for power and his thirst for glory. Misk stood, wiping her mouth clean, and quietly exited her mother's chambers. She worked her way through the halls, past the library, to the black staircase that led to the vault of souls beneath the castle. She was once again flooded with memory of she and Saul facing her father's wrath for sneaking down to the vault to play. That was his place, not a chamber for children's games. 
descending onto the great platform over the writhing vault of souls, the symbol of their kingdom's power. She was unsurprised to see him standing at the precipice, looking down over the souls illuminated by the ethereal blue light from below. She approached her father with caution, but also with determination. I knew I'd find you down here. The king remained still, not acknowledging her presence. Are you too afraid to look on your daughter after you just struck her in the face? At that, he turns, looking her in the eyes. Why have you come? Shouldn't you be up there nursing your brother? <laughs> I should have let him fight you. That certainly would have accomplished your goals. What do you mean? He would be dead. And out of your way. Isn't that what you wanted? The king reaches into his robes and withdraws a scroll. Along with the note that your mother would face a fate worse than death, was this scroll. It outlines a coup between you and Eladane, Queen of the Freezing Circle. Or do you deny it? I don't deny it. You do not deny that you set a coup for your own brother that resulted in the taking of your mother. You started this war in the first place. During that meeting with Eladane, she told me of how you set up a coup to get Zaka Zagana taken and then and then for him to get killed and and them to start a war with all of us. You started the triumph of devils. He pauses for a moment, considering his words. It would seem that this icy queen would love nothing more than to tear us apart. Don't place blame on our enemy when you are the one that's supposed to be... You're supposed to be on our side, and yet you make me and Saul hate each other. You are supposed to be our father, and yet you start a war in your household between me and Saul. So the only one here that can take any blame for any of this war or anything that's happened, even our mother being taken, is you. You're the one who started this war in the first place. He strikes her again. Watch your tone. I started this war for the betterment of the burning circle. It was time for change. This was meant to be a moment of glory for you and for your brother, for our name, for our kingdom. But instead, because you wanted to play the part of the schemer, the conniver, your mother has been taken. You let Saul go. He was supposed to protect the castle and you let him go. He asked you and you said, just go. Yes, I let him go. I let him go to a mission that I thought would decisively end this war. Turns out I was the fool. You were the fool. And you were the puppet master. Say what you will, Misk Isoda, but you orchestrated the downfall of your mother by planting a seed to destroy your brother. Blame me all you want. I might have started this war, but you tied the noose around your mother's neck. And that only because your brother was a bit stronger than you expected. Stronger than you. He's not stronger! She shouts, drawing her sword. We'll see. 
I'll give him a moment to grieve. And then I'll summon him. We'll see. She hesitates, then places her sword back in its scabbard. If you tell Saul, it will ruin this whole kingdom. Why do you care? If you'd had your way, he'd have been slain, and he'd be crawling his way out of the pit. I realized that the real enemy in the Nine Hills for me and my brother is you. <laughs> I wish they would have... I wish that Eli Dane would have killed you the night you tried to have a meeting with her. I should have set it up for you to be killed. Well, you didn't. An example must be made, Misk. You have dug your own grave. If I've dug my grave, you've dug one right beside me. Because if information gets out that I did this... What information? Do you think that anyone is going to believe you over me? I'm king of the Burning Circle. I'm the most powerful devil in all of the Nine Hells. I crafted the triumph of devils, the greatest war that we have seen in millennia. I rule this world in which you live. When I'm done with you, there'll be nothing left. Then I'll leave. As long as you don't tell Saul what happened, what I did, because there's no way that he wouldn't blame me for Mother being taken. And where will you go, Misk? I could go to any of the Nine Hills. I have a better solution. You choose banishment from your kingdom, from your home. Then I will choose for you. You will leave the Nine Hills entirely. You will go to the Natural Plane. The Natural Plane? Yes. I can't... This is my one and only offer. My single mercy. Leave the Kingdom of Flame and never return. Start a new life on the natural plane, and I will ensure that your brother never knows that you sought to destroy him and thus caused his mother to be taken, condemned to a fate worse than death. When I fear that we are already too late to stop. I will go to the natural plane. So you will. Serastus turns from his daughter without another word. He walks back to the edge of the platform, observing his bright, powerful vault without a single glance back toward his only daughter. Misk turns to leave, each step heavier than the last. And then she stops, looking back one final time upon her father. You know, one day all of this will catch up to you. And everyone will know what you did. And you'll be stopped. I just hope that Saul is the one who stops you. Misk. At the sound of her name, the princess is snapped out of her dark ruminations. She'd been drifting all morning as she, Saul, Zack, and Marie sat around the war room table discussing how they might rescue Queen Neftalia. I think it is time to go. The plan is simple. I will take my remaining legion. We will attack the Drowning Circle head on. Do you remember when we fought Karkandal 
how he became so confident at crushing me. And you showed up at the nick of time. Let's do it again. We attack when they feel they have the advantage. You is our last waystone. Teleport in, save mother, and head out. Seems simple enough. I don't mind getting my blade a little bloody. bloody. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. She sighed, pained at the sound of their laughter. I like it. Zach, Marie, we'll need all of our forces for this. Are you ready? Of course, my prince. We will be there by your side. Let's go. As they all stand and go their separate ways, Misk quietly turns and heads out of the castle, alone. Wandering through the boisterous streets of the Kingdom of Flame, her heart aches within her chest. She could hardly remember any of her brother's words from this morning. Her mind was too clouded, her spirit too heavy. She had agreed to help them to save their mother. But perhaps Serastus was right. Perhaps it was too late. The queen, her sweet mother, Neftalia, would be killed. She was certain of that now. But in time, she would reemerge from the pit, pained, weakened, but alive. And when she did, Misk would be gone. And perhaps that was for the best, after all. It was the morning of Neftalia's sentencing, at the witching hour. Sutsaris, along with his renewed legion, now joined by his sister's elite soldiers from the obelisk, suddenly drop onto the armies of their mortal enemy in the lower parts of the sinking circle. Taking the drowning scum by surprise, they carve out a hold and then quickly press toward the border of that great oceanic expanse, the Kingdom of the Deep. Although they sustain many losses, yet they persevere, led by Prince Satsaris and his two lieutenants. The day is bought with the blood of all who stand before them. Fighting through great pain, as Saul is about to reach his limit, the battle reaches the precipice of the drowning circle. A great wall of water stands before them as far as the eye can see, a hundred feet high. The deep, cold water of the sea runs off into a chasm between them, separating the drowning and the sinking circles. Quickly, this is our chance up ahead. Cut through them! The Legion has cut its way to the very edge, and Saul, gathering his final strengths, prepares them to take flight, crossing into the territory of the enemy. It is at that precise moment, before they can take flight, that a figure steps forward onto a ledge atop the great waterfall, peering down at the prince and his legion. I, I, I see them there, atop the fall, the king of the drowning circle. This will be here soon. It's gonna work, Zack. We have this. He calls out with a powerful voice, reverberating across the swamps below. Thank you for coming, but you are too late. Perhaps you are expecting our king. Well, he was busy. You'll have to settle for me, prince. It's at that moment that Saul realizes it is not the king of the drowning circle that stands atop this precipice, but rather his old enemy, Karkindal. Smaller, 
weaker, but alive. <laughs> and to his right, chained and bound, held by a collar, is his mother. Zack, they'll be, they'll be here soon. Just keep cutting. We can make it there. We have him distracted. I had hoped your mistress of massacre might come to say goodbye to her mother as well. I suppose a princeling will have to do. He grabs Queen Neftalia by the chains that bind her, holding her aloft before Saul's legion below. By the power of the Drowning Circle, the kingdom of the deep, I hereby sentence Queen Neftalia of the Burning Circle to a fate worse than death. Eternal banishment to the mortal plane. There she shall live out a pittance of life until she is welcomed by the void. Holding her out and looking down upon Saul, he says, Say goodbye to your mother, Prince, for you shall never see her pretty face ever again. Saul, pulling his sword free from the chest of a nearby devil, leans it up against his shoulder with a cackling laugh. <laughs> Misk would be there soon. You failed. Look behind you, peasant. Saul, I, uh, she should be here by now. A deep blue-skinned mage steps forward beside Karkindal. Prince of the Burning Circle, have you any final words for your mother? Don't worry, mother. Misk is coming. At his words, a great portal opens just behind Karkindal. See? There she is. Misk Isodal of the Burning Circle. <laughs> Karkindal looks behind him and then turns back towards Satsaris. I suppose not. Neftalia lowers her eyes toward her son. Saul, my son, it's all right. I love you. At her words, Karkindal turns, holding up Queen Neftalia with a great swing of his arms. With all his strength, he tosses her into the portal. And just like that, she is gone. Saul stands mouth agape, unmoving, frozen, and catatonic. Misk did not come. Mari and Zack grab him each by an arm, pulling him away, desperate to escape while they still can. Their general is frozen, unmoving, shocked. In moments, Marie activates their escaping waystone, pulling him through, yelling in his ears, but he does not respond. They lost. Everything is lost. His mother is gone. And Misk, Misk, where was Misk? As Zaka Zagana and the Lumari Jin are pulling their general back, preparing to activate their escape. On the other side of the hells, Misk is standing in her room before a mirror in the obelisk. All of the preparations are made, her face soaked with tears, broken for what she had to do, for what she had done. She stepped onto the circle, drawn onto the stone floor. Then, saying the words of power, the doorway to her banishment opens, stepping forward, knowing full well what she had to do. She lowers her head. 
I'm sorry. Saul returns to the castle. Time begins to disappear for him, each day more miserable than the last. The war goes on, his legion fights for him, but he doesn't go. He locks himself away, rotting, burying himself in the strongest spirits that the hells have to offer. He disappears, unable to reconcile his failure, unable to understand why Misk would leave, that she would leave him now, in their greatest hour of need. He was broken, and while a few of his friends, his closest allies, sought to put him back together, it was a lost cause. It was on such a night that Zack came to Saul's quarters one last time. Saul, Saul, come on, come on, have, have something to eat. Why, why are you here, Zack? I'm here because no one else is. You've wallowed, you've wallowed in your sorrows too long, Prince of Hell. I don't want to be here. I, I talked to Marie. I, I'm leaving Zach. I won't. I won't do it anymore. I won't stay here. Saul. She betrayed me. Perhaps. She was. My mother was the only thing here that was for me. And Misk betrayed me, and they're both on natural plane. I'm going there, Zack. I'm going. And you won't. No one will stop me. So you go to the void, then. You follow your mother and your sister to death, not a rebirth, an end of everything. Zack. Sitting up on his bed, Saul lights a cigar. You know what, Zach? I'm gonna do the one thing I'm sure of. I'm gonna live a life of freedom. I will not answer to Serastus. I, I will not compete with my sister and I will not look for my mother for love. I will find life. I'll find new life. And it will not be in this circle of hell. Whatever the cost. Give me the void. I'll take it gladly. I... I... I can't follow you there, Saul. Saul stands, taking his friend in a strong embrace. I do not expect you to, my brother. I'll see you again. And if I don't, no. You've been a true friend, and you have my deepest respect. Go, tell Marie I'm ready to step through the flames. Zack stands, approaching the door to Saul's chambers. He pauses, touching the handle. You know, Saul, when you, when you gave me a new life in the burning circle, in spite of 
my heritage. I, I, I never thank you for that. Saul smiles up at Zack. You don't have to. And you're sure there's, there's nothing I can say to change your mind? Go get Marie. I'm ready. He gives Saul a smile in return, opening the door. Who knows? Perhaps you'll return someday. It's never happened before, but perhaps you will. And maybe by then I'll be king of the Burning Circle. <laughs> I hope so, Zack. The door closes behind Zack as he goes to find Marie. Saul sits on his bed, cross-legged, preparing to leave behind everything that he has ever known. But he was ready, and perhaps Zack was right. Perhaps he would return to the burning circle someday. As Saul is stepping through the portal, leaving this world behind and stumbling into his destiny, another door opens. But this door is less like a portal and more like a tear in the fabric of space. A jagged cut appears in the air high above the bottomless black pit of the Forsaken Circle. For a moment, it simply hovers there. No sound, no movement. But then, it begins to rip apart, inch by inch, as enormous black claws tear their way into this world. First, two powerful taloned hands appear. Then, ripping the space apart further, a swollen chest black as darkness, followed by two great wings spread wide. There, hovering above the expansive emptiness of the Forsaken Circle, appears a fell beast, a great headless dragon. And from its chest rises a deep, thundering laughter and the sound of chains. 